Hello, and welcome to the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring December 13th, 1992, the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Fig. Let's go ahead and give them a noblest hello. (laughs) (laughs) That got me. I don't know how. (laughs) I don't quite know how I'm going to do that, but I just wanted to say that, you know, typically when you start the show... Um, this is Fig speaking. Uh, you know, you get this like a uh, hello and welcome back. Like this one sounded like you were leaving a voicemail. You're very like, subtle. Hello, me. hello. This is the game talking. But right, get my phone number at, at the end of it. You know, feel free to call me back. <laughs> um, <laughs> as <laughs> as everybody can tell, we are indeed knobless this evening. Uh, Knob is moving into his new deluxe apartment, uh, so he shall be returning with us uh, next week. Yeah. So, uh, Knob, you are very, very well missed. Um, yeah, and, and moving can be stressful, and oh God, the yeah. amount of money that we're paying Knob to be on this podcast is just, um, it amounts to about zero. So um, we don't want to add a knob stress this week. So we said, hey, man, take some time off. I think it was appreciated. I think it was the right call. How about you? It was the right call. Now, he did get in his time off approval sheet uh, in the appropriate <laughs> amount of time. Uh, I mean, so, the doctor's note is still is still pending. Yes, yes. Uh, and he still could be doctor pay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If, if, if we do not... Uh, do not think he did a good enough job moving, but <laughs> but uh, other than that, no. Nob, um, uh, you are definitely missed, and uh, yep. we will uh, see you next week. Uh, but, as... but we do have a little chit chat on we our do. Discord, so we have a little knobisms that we can throw in from time to time. He did some, have some things to say yes. about uh, the the show this week of uh, twelve thirteen ninety two. But before we dive in to 1213-1992, let's go ahead and dive into our Channel 6 news segment. Uh, and this week, we have um, a pretty decent amount of bullet points. Uh, we are... Stuff's picking we, back up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's turning into Dead & Company Grateful Dead Jam Band Turing season, uh, and it is in full swing. Uh, last week, we had to say... It ain't so, Billy. And this week we are saying, say it, Saint. So, Billy, um, that's right. Uh, Florida Dead happened last week on April twenty seventh at the Sanger Theater in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, it has been getting fairly um, acclaimed reviews. I personally did not listen to the show. Um, I do know there was a few uh, really special moments. Um, featuring James Casey um, and uh, the song Forever Young. I don't believe there was a dry eye in the house during that number. Um, so even though Billy is no longer with Dead & Company, he's still out killing it on the road. Um, yeah. I believe he I'll actually... Go ahead. If you're interested in checking out what Billy and the Kids were doing on April 27th, um, you can go on uh, YouTube... Uh, Nugs has a couple, um, I think, videos out there. And also, there's an audience tape on the archive. So if you are interested in uh, listening to that show, it's definitely available. I do believe that Billy sat in 
with another band literally the following night. Um, I mean, oh. there's enough music in New Orleans. I'm sure he could find somebody. Yeah, it was like Cosmic Country or something like that, I think. Oh, now I can't find it. But uh, I know Billy did definitely sit in uh, with another band the night after the Billy and the Kids show. So if you are or if you do happen to be in New Orleans, keep an eye out for Billy. Uh, however, also keep an eye out at Jazz Fest for Dead & Company. Uh, Dead yeah. & Company uh, plays there. Um I guess you could consider this their their first shows of the 2019, uh, not 2019. What the hell am I talking about? 2023 um, summer tour uh, with their Jazz Fest show coming up this Saturday, May the sixth. Uh, then they play Cornell on May the eighth. So Monday, wow, Monday. Night yeah, show. yeah. Um, which I can't stand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never miss a Monday show. Um, I'm definitely in the realm of like every event should be either on a Friday night, a Saturday night, or a Sunday night. It's because you're getting old, my friend. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, like well, we were talking about that with uh, we all want to meet up at the Philly Dead and Company film on thir- a Thursday night, and it's just and the, the worst. logistical issues of a Thursday night show and what that means. Like, yeah, like like me and my group of friends were like, okay, like. Do we take half days from work? Do we just take the full day off from work? Uh, half day, then a full day. Right. Like, Friday, obviously, like, we have to stay because we're too old to, like, you know, drive back that night. So it's like, we have to stay. Where do we want to stay? It's a Thursday. Do we want to go to Atlantic City? There's nothing fun because no, it's, a <laughs> like, it's a Thursday. Like, it's a Thursday. Thursday, yeah. You ain't going. Yeah. So it's just like, ugh, it it's sucks. Just, it's a lot of stuff, yeah. It sucks. Let me ask you a question. This is, you know, with, with uh, tongue firmly in cheek. So, Billy and the kids play on April twenty seventh down in New Orleans, and then ja- and then Dead and Company play May the sixth down in New Orleans. Uh, but of course, Billy is no longer with Dead and Company. Do you think he just didn't want to spend the week down in New Orleans? Um, maybe. Like, do, do you think he does just like, humid himself like, poorly? <laughs> Like his handlers like didn't didn't figure the figure it out that he wouldn't want to be in New Orleans for a whole week or fly to what Hawaii and back. So he's just like, "Hey, I'm just done with Dunning Company. I'm out." That w- that would be great if that's really just what it was, where he just did not want to <laughs> be in in New Orleans for for a, a second longer than he had to be. Um, I mean, a whole week. I've been in New Orleans. It's it's awesome for like a long weekend, a weekend, but a whole week in New Orleans. Yeah, I could see why. How many beignets can you really eat, right? I guess, um, yeah, right. Beignets and that stupid coffee with chicory in it. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess, um, obviously, he didn't. He, as in Billy, pronouns pal, um, did not come out with any sort of like formal. This is why I left Dead and Company before the the last tour. Type statements. However. Um, there have differences, right? Yeah, well, that was what the official post was, and then I don't know if he did some like post Billy and the kids comments. Um, but it was very much of Billy saying, like, this is how the music like should be played creatively. It was his, his version, 
Well, like like his version, but I don't don't I don't want to say his version. Like you need to play it the way Billy's telling you to play it because Billy's telling you to play it however the hell you want to play it, right? As opposed to Bobby is like, okay, we need to sound like yeah, like this. I never thought the tempo issues with Denning Company were uh, no, Billy. I never did either. Yeah, and, and, and I also guess I never thought that the tempo issues pissed Billy off. Uh, how could it not? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I guess. I've never been a big, like, this shit slow guy. And I know it is. Well, like, compared to, like, what it was, like, back in the 70s and 80s yeah. and whatever, right? Like, it is. And compared to, like, the young jam band kids who are out there now, like, yeah, obviously... Yeah, sure. But I don't, I don't know. I just, to me, it's like, it's not slow. It's not fast. It's just it is. What, what they're doing. Right. It is. Well, here's, here's the thing, though. Like, I, the more I listen to the Grateful Dead, the more I realize that they're just like a dance band. And a lot of the reason that they exist is just to kind of shake your bones. Right. Right. And if, if you're not doing that at a tempo that's appropriate for dancing, like if you're doing dirges the whole time, then, then what are you doing? And I kind of get it. And I mean, and, and, and what? Billy's doing with um, Billy and the kids is kind of a testament to that. You know, he's just, you know, he's, he's bringing in the kids and, and getting in some uh, new blood. And, and I really like it. I mean, it's, it's just an interesting time for, you know, the Grateful Dead in, in everyone's career. And I think I'm on Team Billy. I think I'm on Team Billy. I would love for them to tour. I'd love to see them. I would, I would be into seeing them as well. Um, I need to watch this concert because I, I how should I say it? Um, well, I guess the Billy and the Kids I fell for had Billy Strings as an honorary sure. kid, sure. right? Now he didn't sing every song when he was up there with them. He only sang a few. Uh, now I happen to like. Probably those few that he sang yeah, the most. Excellent, <laughs> right during during those shows. Um, but I like Tom Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, I like shit. Aaron, whatever I forget his name. The other guy that's up there. Yeah. It's good. They're uh, all good. I just need to see this this version. I think one time before I can fully commit to a a billion of the kids run. But yeah, it would be great if they um. If they picked up touring this fall, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah. I think I think everybody's touring this summer, so I'm not sure if he'd have any kids to tour with. But yeah, anyway, uh, Billy tells you, "Hey, we're getting on the road. You, you get on the road." I guess. Yeah. Well, that'd be exciting. Speaking of happier times with Billy, uh, at least I think I'm not as good as my Grateful Dead history as novice. Uh, Dave's picks, Volume Forty Six. Um, was this released or announced? No, this is released. It was this released, is released. Yeah, just uh, a couple days ago, uh, at end of April. Uh, this contains the complete show from September ninth, nineteen seventy two, from the Hollywood Palladium in Los Angeles, California. Uh, three CD set. Um. I have not purchased a Dave's Picks in a while. Um, 
However, I do really love that they still release them yeah. <laughs> in in an age of um just digital media everywhere. Um for me, as much as it is the music of Dave's picks, it's the artwork of Dave's picks that I just I love. Um so much so that I wish they would release like a like an art book of nothing but like Dave's picks covers because shit's great. Um but yeah, so that's recently released as well. So actually, this one has a pretty cool cover. I'll, I'm popping into the chat. Yeah, right. pop, throw it in the uh, in the chat here, you guys. Uh, you guys, very, Holly- very Hollywood in in the late '60s, early '70s. Very like classic Hollywood feel there. And there's actually an alternative cover. Oh, too, yeah, which is really neat as well. So yeah, I totally hear that, man. They um, I like how they use. Uh, oh, I like the bonus disc cover too. I know, too. right? <laughs> um, I like how they use. Um, I don't know if I want to say known, like Instagram lot, poster, dead artist for these days picks covers, but um, they do, and you can really tell the art style. Um, I know there's um. One of my favorite Instagram follows um, is a woman by the name of Zaz Corp. Um, she does excellent, excellent um, teas and art, etc. She done I, at least one Dave's Picks covers, and it was awesome. And I always just love. Um, it's like, oh my god, like that's someone I follow on Instagram, and their artwork is on an official release. I think that's always, always killer. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, uh, that is all of our bullet points for Channel 6 this week. Um, before we dive into the main event, Fig, do you have anything more? Um, no, I got nothing. Looking forward to talking about this 92 show. It is Sans Hornsby. Yes. Uh, so let's just dive right on into our main event for the evening. This was December 13th, 1992 in the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. This was a Sunday night. Um, and let's just go ahead and dive right on into set one. Uh, set one kicked off with Mississippi Half Step into It's All Over Now. Then we got West LA Fadeaway, Me and My Uncle, Maggie's Farm, Tennessee Jed, and Promise Land. Uh, Fig, what were your thoughts on set number one? Yeah, um, so this was uh, this was actually pretty good stuff. Um, there's a really decent sounding soundboard Charlie Miller recording out there on the archive, and this yeah they didn't play too many songs, but it was still a, a good um, substantial uh, show from from the boys. Uh, interestingly, not a lot of Bobby songs. I don't know if you picked that up, but I think Bobby was having some voice issues. So you know there were times that Bobby was singing and his singing was scratchy. There was times that he was just not singing because we had a lot of uh, Jerry and Vinny songs. So we start off with uh, Mississippi Half Step, which is, of course, a, a Jerry vehicle. What I thought was really interesting about this was uh, instead of going big at the end like Jerry often does, there was actually a very lovely, quiet uh, solo at the end, which which kind of ended the song. And that was actually really cool. We get into It's All Over Now. Uh, good tempo, good rhythm. Uh, Bobby was singing, but he was singing hoarsely. We have Vince in the background caterwauling, and I have a uh, sad, frowny face uh, in my notes. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing, uh, B- Bobby goes, uh, I guess after one of the verses, Bobby goes, what you gotta say, Vinny? And then Vinny just 
busts into this like excellent Wild West style solo. Like you know, you can imagine yourself in a saloon with Vinny back there. Actually, kind of remind me of something Brent would do. Uh, but of course, it was Vince because uh, we're in the Vince era, and it was very excellent, really good stuff. Uh, West LA was a good version. Uh, we get into Uncle John's. Well, no, me and my uncle. I always do this. Um, just got to listen to it for Jerry's noodling throughout, which was excellent. And then back into Maggie's Farm. Now, two weeks ago, um, you know, uh, frequent listeners of the pod will know that we had an uncle into Maggie's Farm, but I think it was from 91. So this one was from 92. And it was, um, I think I liked the one from 91 a little bit better. I just thought the the vocal sharing was more interesting. Looks like I liked Bob's turn at the mic the best because he had this kind of snarling vox uh, vocals because he was probably sick and he, you know, just had to do what he could do with his voice that night. We get into Jed. Um, this was a quirky, almost funny version of, of Tennessee Jed. Um, yeah, it, it can be a, yeah, it's not, it's not really a serious song, but you know, the dead can play it many different ways. And this one was kind of funny. Uh, I really like Jerry's uh, vocals on this. You know, oftentimes when one member of the band is, you know, not doing great, the other members of the band will uh, try to pick them up. And I thought Jerry was doing that with his vocals on this night. And to end the first set, we have A Promised Land. It was fun, with good energy, good set closer. But uh, Game, what did you think of your of, of set one? Um, Overall, I was incredibly impressed by this like whole show. Um, good one. Yeah, and I always go into these late 90s shows thinking they're going to be terrible. Uh, and this one... Uh, I will say, it's an early 90s show, but it's true. late in their career, so I'm going to give you yes. that Yes, 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 I should... Yeah, thank you, that's a good correction. Late in their I, career something show. something I've noticed that you, you've mentioned it a couple times. You'd be like, oh, this, these late 90s shows, this one from 94, I'm like, kinda, you're right, but... Really, I mean post-print. I should just start using post-print <laughs> as opposed to late 90s. Uh, but no... Later uh, years. Yes, um spinoff of the wonder years um <laughs> mississippi half step was good uh all over now was good uh really enjoyed west la fade away yeah. uh me and my uncle was good uh i hate maggie's farm um, yeah i don't i don't mind it. it's, it's it's funny it, it's madcap you know i was writing Campy. in i was writing in our chat about how was i was enjoying the show and then maggie's farm came on and i was like Ugh. Why do I need to take this all back? Because now it's going to be ruined. Uh, but thankfully, after Maggie's Farm, uh, they brought it back with a good Tennessee Jed and a good Promised Land. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I did enjoy set one more than I enjoyed set two. Totally. Uh, um, so speaking of set two, I guess, let's just go ahead and dive into this. Um, set two uh, is Here Comes Sunshine. Then we got Way to Go Home, uh, Victim or the Crime, uh, Terrapin Spation, Drums in Space, The Other One, Morning Dew, and The Wait. Uh, since you gave your thoughts on set one first, and we are novelists, I'm just going to go ahead and just dive right back into my thoughts on set two. Um, I don't like these post print <laughs> here comes sunshine hmm. and i don't know i don't if know it... did they play it much with brent we need i don't i don't i, I don't know I, it's just get me knob get me dr it's, knob it's i don't know if it's like the midi i don't know if it's like 
but I hate it. Huh. <laughs> it's, I, I, it's just like, and I look on the archive and people are like, oh yeah, like, like keep an eye out for the Here Comes Sunshine instead too. And I'm like, I don't understand what's so great about this. Um, but that's just my own personal so, opinion. Interestingly, wow. Okay. They only played it in the Brent Arrow once and it was a sound check. Really? Yeah, in 1983. And and that's where it lied. It went from 74 to 83 and then they didn't play it again until 92. Maybe they should have kept it in 83. This is actually this is the second this is the second uh I'm gonna say, I don't say rejuvenated. I don't know. Revived um Sunshine in the modern era, if you will. It's um I just I don't That's from jerrybase.com. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not a savant. Yeah, man, I I would have gave up that that little <laughs> I would have gave up your secret there. Um I just I don't know what it is that I don't like about it. But it's just there's something with the sound. Um and and it's not every song because it's not like I have this same complaint about every single song I hear from you know the post sprint era, uh, but whenever here comes sunshine stars, it's just I can't stand it. Um, way to go home. Same thing for me. <laughs> not not good. Uh, really for me at all. Uh, just not a fan of the song. That could have been scratched. Uh, victim or the crime. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> Just not at all feeling it um, on this evening. Some evenings I do really enjoy it. Not this one. Uh, Terrapin was okay. Um, I think the drums and space portion of the show kind of bled into the end of Terrapin maybe a bit more than I like personally. Um, but that seems to happen quite frequently. Um, the other one was good. Um, the uh, Morning Dew was great. I really enjoyed Morning Dew. Um, and The Wait, I love the song, The Wait. Uh, this was not their best version yeah. of The Wait. Um, so really, I guess overall, I really enjoyed set one. Uh, I thought I enjoyed set two a hell of a lot more than I did, but me just reading it back, I apparently didn't. <laughs> so that yeah. was my thoughts on set two. Uh, Fig, how about you? Okay, well, before I jump in with uh, my takes, uh, Nob did give us a little bit of insight into what he was thinking uh, here in our little chit-chat channel. So, I, for one, liked Here Comes Sunshine. So, Nob did not, and neither did the game. Nob said that the Here Comes Sunshine harmonies are as grating on my ears as last week's Cold Rain and Snow harmonies were on yours, referring to me, Fig. Um, But he said there was some real real tight playing, and he liked Vince's Super Mario Bros. 64 synth, which was uh, his way of talking about the synth tone. Um, So then I asked if there was some sort of proto-auto-tune going. And I've I've, I've heard this on uh, Here Comes Sunshine's in the past, in the 90s, where... It just sounds like, like the like the harmonies are too tight in a way. Like, like I just can't imagine that they're actually this tight up there, uh, especially after hearing like rain and you know everything else that they tried to do in the '90s. Um, and I've heard this a couple times, and it's specifically for "Here Comes Sunshine," where it just sounds a little bit too 
tight in the harmonies, and and I th and, and maybe there's some proto -harm uh, harmonizing going on, or auto tune. Uh, Knob thinks that it's the opposite of auto tune. He says it's the anti tune, <laughs> and he and uh, Knob is probably right as as they usually are. So here's my my thoughts. Um, I actually really like Sunshine as a set opener. Um, I thought this was was a good one. Vince's keys were disconcerting, and and they're, they're always kind of like this on Here Comes Sunshine, but it's in a very psychedelic way, almost like you're coming up on a trip. <clears throat> Harmonies are good, but the, the like there is an effect on it. Is it is it auto tune or is it just some sort of like echo? I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious. To, was it Dan Healy if he was the guy who? Uh, Nob would know. Whoever did their effects, I'd really like to know what was going on there. I like the ending jam for Here Comes Sunshine. Uh, Jerry was playing pretty sparsely, but I, I liked it at the end. Um, this is all at the end, though. This is the end jam. And, and it almost had a, a foolish heart uh, kind of coda feel uh, there at the end. And I really like what they were doing. Uh, we get into a long way home. I actually really like this. I call this a heady version. I would say this is the fig dig version of <laughs> Long Way Home. Um, and I thought uh, Vince sounded great. Victim was interesting. Usually it's kind of a set piece, or at least Bobby pretends it's a set piece. Um, this was only really there to, as a jam into Terrapin. So Terrapin comes, and the instrumentation sounds really good throughout, but Jerry's a little bit hoarse and doesn't deliver. Uh, Drums in the Space was 30 minutes that uh, I, I, I didn't quite listen to. I, don't, I, I did... Before the other one, I did go back and kind of listen to the jam into the other one, and I liked the jam. Uh, Phil was doing some great Phil bombs here. Uh, Phil's up front in the mix, um, so Phil fans rejoice into the other one. And Morning Dew, you know, it was interesting. <clears throat> I thought this actually felt like the Jeff Beck version of Morning Dew, um, just the way Jerry was, was singing it. Um, I never heard him kind of sing like... Um, uh, Rod Stewart uh, singing that song before, um, kind of like the rock version of that. And it was kind of interesting. Uh, but at the end, it got very quiet, got very serene. So that was kind of cool. And we get into the wait. And this was interesting because it was the second song of the night where they played past the mic. The first one, obviously, being Maggie's Farm. It was just kind of strange that they played two different songs where they where they do that. This was a good version. Um, Bobby's uh, voice was shot by that point. So I didn't have as many bad things to say is knob or the game, but um, there's a 30-minute drums of space that I just completely omitted from my listening and would probably recommend as well. So back to you, game. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, good good set one. Not, not so good set two. Uh, we have no Scarlet Fire to rate this week, uh, and well, I feel like we, we haven't... I will, yeah. I will say that. I was gonna yeah. say, I feel like we haven't had any uh, to yeah, rate. It's been in a while. It's a while. Really uh, so we do have a Scarlet Fire coming next week. It, it's been so long that I wonder if we should really even keep that on the show sheet as like a feature. Um, I think so because I think if we don't, we will forget to rate it when we do get a Scarlet Fire. Yeah, that's so, that's so having it be there. Well, we don't uh, rate our China Riders. We don't rate our Helps the Franks. Well, that's just how we feel about Scarlet Fires. Yeah, there's nothing like it. Um, yeah. I think I know the answer to this, and I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, does this show make your book of the dead? I'm going to say no. It would make my book of 92s probably, because um, I did like this show. 
Uh, yeah, you know, actually, I would agree with you. Um, as much as I did not care for set two, uh, I really enjoyed set one a whole bunch. Um, real good. So maybe a uh, book of set ones of 1992. <laughs> uh, but definitely, um, definitely a book of 1992 for sure. Um, I already spoiled it for which set I'm going to choose this week. Uh, and that is set number one. Uh, Fig, how about you? Which uh, which set do you pick? I'm going to set up the drama. I, I did like set two. In that case, since there's just the two of us, and you pick one and I pick two, that means you, the audience, are getting the whole show. No, no we can't do that to them. Yeah. I was going to say we do a coin flip. <laughs> it's a, uh, no, let's go ahead and give them the whole show. Um, it's a let's short see, show. Let's see if we can channel Mob. Let's see if uh, we can summon him. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, let's see if he does respond quickly. Uh, yeah. If he does not respond, uh, we will give you the whole show. If uh, Nob does respond. Oh, here he is. Oh, oh. The man, the myth, the legend. Hey. Wow. All right. So glad we, uh, we went with that. So after this, uh, after we're done speaking into the microphone, please stay tuned for set number one of 12-13-1992. So Nob uh, says that set two is good, but West LA fadeaway was my favorite part. And what would this podcast be if it weren't uh, Nob and I disagreeing on something? Exactly. Um, does this, uh, who is your show MVP? Oh, good question. Uh, it's always so hard. <laughs> it's always so hard. I'll go with Jerry. Why not? Um... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go Jerry, too. I really don't even know which one stands out. Um, well, like I said, I think Jerry was trying to raise the, what is it, all boats rise on the tide or something like that. And I felt like that's what Jerry was trying to do. Oh, that right. night. So we he, gets have... a, he gets the MVP. Uh, we have, it looks like, our one archive comment for this week pulled from the archives. And this was from Kirik. Uh, favorite, 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 favorite um, the, uh, subject. A hidden well, I think gem. Favorite, I think that's four stars. I think that's what that actually means. Oh, is that what that means? Four stars? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm stupid. Uh, four favorites, everybody. <laughs> um, the subject of this review is titled A Hidden Gem. The night of the 16th gets all the attention from this fine run, but don't overlook this show. A shimmering jammed out for the quote-unquote modern era, anyway. Uh, here comes the sunshine, and a criminally underrated do are particularly noteworthy. Have a listen and see why the above comments aren't merely the based, the biased ramblings of a Bay Area homer. Um, yeah, like the just like self-deprecation at the end there. And yes. I will say that, that that comment came to us from this time, uh, but in yeah, end of April in two thousand four. So like twenty years ago. And I do agree with them that Morning Dew was great. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I mean, I don't I, and it's criminally un. Uh, the Dew was criminally underrated. I like. Yes. I like Sunshine. I, I I can't get into this. Let's the end of it again. It, it had they were trying. It was like I get what they were trying to do, and I appreciate it. 
appreciate it. I'll I'll give it another chance. I'll All I'll right. I'll make that my tomorrow morning when I'm walking the dog at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, um, the sun's coming up. Yeah, that'll be perfect actually. Um, yes, I probably will. Uh, our next show, uh, we're heading back to the sweet spot. Uh, May fifth, Cinco de Mayo, right? Yeah. May fifth, yeah, May fifth, nineteen eighty-one, uh, Glen Falls, New York, uh, at the Glen Falls Civic Center. This was a Tuesday show. Never miss a Tuesday show. So if I was alive in nineteen eighty-one, I would have been complaining about a show on a Tuesday <laughs> night. Um, next week we do get Scarlet and Fire opening Ooh. up set two. Uh, we get anything else that jumps out on the set list to me? We'll uh, get. Estimated Eyes, which is pretty cool. Uncle John's Band. I mean, yeah, this is like a good old, almost feels like a late 70s show. It does. Um, um, Passenger, I see. And Passenger always yeah. makes me think of a late There's... 70s show. So I, I saw this set list. It was, um, so it's May 5th, 81. And this we're featuring this on the week of, well, it's not the week of uh, Cornell. For, so it's not 5-8, but it's close enough. And it just has shades of... Um, you know Cornell's uh, set list, and I just think that's kind of cool. Just I, I like it when the uh, project gives us these kind of serendipitous similarities between um, two different shows because everything is r- randomized. We have no choice about what we play, and it just so happens that you know the lottery picked out May fifth of eighty one and has some cool connections to what's going on in the world, and you know. Dead and Company's playing Cornell. This set list kind of reminds me of Cornell, so it's cool. It's good. Let's go ahead and close the book on tonight's show so we can move forward to next week's May 5th, 1981 show. As always, please go ahead and smash the subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead friends and family. You can find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on a service that that loosely rhymes with Spotify. Uh, <laughs> potty fives. Potty fives. Yeah. People go potty. Uh, you can find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You can communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead. My good friend Fig, that is it for me for the evening. Do you have any? follow-up final words uh for the fans i guess i'll just paraphrase bobby when in between i think the first set uh and the second sorry the first song and the second song in the first set he said and that's the first casualty of the night i don't know what happened i imagine something blew up on the stage and yeah i have nothing this was (laughs) this was uh once again thank you all for listening and please make sure to stick around uh, for set one of May fifth, uh, no, not oh, May fifth. No. Uh, of uh, set, <laughs> stick around for set one of December thirteenth, nineteen ninety two, from the Oakland Coliseum. And once again, thank you for listening to the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.
God rest his soul. You taught me good love, taught me all I know. You taught me so well, well I got that gold. And I left just in
Ain't no 
drink all day, rock all night.
Noah K. will be will be back in just a little bit. <laughs> 